0: Hello and welcome back to The Andrew Hain Show. In today's episode, Andrew sat down with Charles Reynolds, the CRO and co-founder at Track Software, a sales partnerships platform for leagues and teams. Charles started his career in sports and successfully transitioned into entrepreneurship as a proven operator for his companies, Tokenomics, True North Team Consulting, and now Track Software. This is his story, and we hope you enjoy it. Support for The Andrew Hain Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AGH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code AGH. Your balls will thank you.
1: All right, well, we're back for another another fun show because they're, they're all fun I think anyway. So <laughs> they, they, they can't be too bad. Uh, I've got uh, Charles Reynolds with uh, Track Software. I've known Charles for the last few years we've been talking and, and kind of seeing uh, the, the platform that you guys have kind of develop over those years. Um, CRO, co-founder, Track Software. Uh, how's it going Charles?
2: It's going great, Andrew. And you're right. They are all fun, right? It's a party with, <laughs> with uh, Mr. Haynes in the room and, you know, we here to support that.
1: <laughs> always. Well, you got past the uh, the bouncer, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Love well, it. I, I always like to kind of start off our show with kind of giving a background of uh, our guests. So so everyone out there, maybe people aren't familiar with, with Charles, um, you know, can, can kind of get to know you a little bit. I know you're active on on LinkedIn. And, um, there's probably a lot of people that are already using your, your platform that are, that are, uh, listeners, but, uh, kind of tell us how you got to where you're at now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Andrew. Um, first off, thanks. Appreciate hopping on with you. I think this is going to be a lot of fun and hopefully it's it's beneficial for folks that are, uh, starved for content. Um, so about me, you know, I was a little bit different as a kid in that I love sports, played everything, but from an early age, I had the business sense kind of kind of honed in, in that, you know, my first love was actually the Pittsburgh Pirates um, in the early 90s. And, you know, it's because I love the ride at Disney World, naturally. My dad went on a business trip to Pittsburgh, got me a hat. I love Pirates. So a kind of combination of things got me engaged. And when, when Barry Bonds left the team, I realized, you know, wow, we didn't have the attendance and the metric to sign him. So I would collect the sports edition of the newspaper back when when they had box scores that came out just to follow not only the stat lines, but also the attendance thinking like, okay, well, if there are enough fans in Pittsburgh, maybe we'll go get them back and be competitive again. So- How old um, old were you at that point? So at this point, so I started, my fandom started with T-ball, which is four or five years old in Omaha, Nebraska. And at this point, this is probably six or seven years old, I want to say. I was probably first or second grade. Pretty, pretty um, normal,
1: like, six or seven-year-olds looking up attendance. Right? I mean, that's
2: <laughs> You know, it's like a big deal. third or fourth grader looking at gray charts and baseball perspectives, you know. So, uh, interesting start there uh, for me. So, you know, I, I wanted to play. I thought I could play. My grandpa played football at the University of Maine, and his dream was to come have me play, and I actually had a half scholarship offered and sat down with the coaches, and instead of doing that and becoming an engineer, you know, his kind of path of success, which my sister ended up taking later, um, I went to Michigan and got involved in the sports scene at Michigan and got my hands in everything I could, um, which was uh, ABC Sports and ESPN. So former quarterback that got beat out by Chad Henne in um, Clayton Richard, pretty famous Major League Baseball player. After the fact, um, actually got me in with ESPN. So I was on the sideline for games. Um, they put me up at Michigan State sometimes and, and in the booth, and got to meet folks like Magic Johnson and, and the crew of Musburger and Root and and you know um, folks like that. So that was. Pretty cool exposure. Um, did some internships with U of M Sport Marketing, which was like sponsorship activation. Uh, Sports Illustrated had a, an on-campus um, uh, magazine that that I was part of in terms of like a street team and and getting the word out on some promotions tied to corporate stuff as well. Um, I was also a student manager for the football team, so. Um, had some pretty fun stories with that. Um, I was the practice quarterback for our defensive backs um, and had a, had a pretty fun day one day in that I was roping passes that hit them and it was drop after drop after drop and kind of generating a crowd around me. And I actually had a, a backup quarterback end up challenging me um, because I guess the word had, got, had gotten out that I, I had an arm of sorts. So had some fun um, doing that. Was that um, your position
1: when you played? quarterback
2: so I played a little bit of quarterback it was more receiver and safety although I you know can look back and say you know what I really should have stepped in um you know back in the day how would different would things have been you know size is a little more comparable to the Baker Mayfields out there so maybe would have had a little more success there had I not made some different choices but you live and you learn a little bit Uh uh-huh so so, um, but, you know, after college, I thought, wow, I'm friends with a bunch of first round picks. I'm, I'm going to get into sports, right? I've got this, these great internships and everything, but it's, it's never as easy as, as, you know, you think it might be, right? So I realized that I didn't have them signed. So I didn't have an agency route. I had a friend who was doing that and I was seeing what he was doing. Um, so I ended up, actually going out to Game Face, they had a certification program out in Portland and it was about two weeks of training to help folks get into the the ticket sale side where you're kind of doing result-centered selling, relationship-centric selling, and ended up selling four season tickets for the Kansas City Chiefs as part of that as we learned the fundamentals and was the top seller in that group. Um, and took that experience to, to New Orleans, where um, I got on for a whopping 17.5 um, to help build a fan base uh, with the Hornets returning from Oklahoma City post-Katrina two years later. So got in at the ground level. Um, we're busting out 130, 140 phone calls a day, um, trying to take our fan base from maybe a 1,000 full-season equivalents to what ended up being an NBA record, um, you know, eleven thousand full season equivalents between that season and the next. So
1: we, oh.
2: you know, did some amazing things. There was a promotion in the mix. There was Mark Cuban calling us out on our sales efforts in the mix at at one point when we were last in the NBA in attendance. What, what did he say? He publicly came out and said that you know we weren't doing a good job. Um, selling actually (laughs) like questioning our abilities and we had a skeleton staff we actually lost our director and VP in the mix so we had um, a skeleton staff that was just taking small victories and just you know getting after it just developing relationships getting people onto the escalator and ultimately it was so fun this season because not only do we have the all-star weekend you know was sitting courtside for that and had that kind of exposure for the team and and everything else, but we actually saw the Mavericks in the playoffs that year. It was the Stop the Flop campaign. We beat them first round, and our fans really gave it to them, you know, just like we did when we had his face on, uh, you know, our shoot-for-cash dartboard on in the sales sales office there. So that was a nice. fun one. I actually got to, to catch him on that. I caught Cuban at a conference and said, hey, do you remember when you said that? Um calling efforts out and he actually owned it, which is pretty awesome. You got a kick out of it. And he said, Well, how are you doing now down there? I said, I can't really speak to that, Mark, a whole lot. But um, so that was kind of fun. Fun little uh, excerpt there. Um, but yeah, you know, it's quite an experience. Um, I got to know some of the brass that, that helped establish Team Bow at, at the league office of the NBA. Um, Dr. Sutton, Dr. Bernie Mullen. Um, some folks that really kind of I took to as mentors that had established a lot of this best practices, you know sharing of how to do things, how to get fans engaged, generate revenues, build sustainability and and share like the successful means of what's happening with your peers and cohorts, which really stuck for me. So you know became a, a top producer on that group, I think two million dollars in package ticket sales in you know a season. So uh, was the top non-managing um, producer of that group. And it was a an all-star group. A lot of folks that have had a lot of success since. And um, since that point, um, two seasons down there, for whatever reason, wanted to go back to grad school. And actually, um, Dr. Sutton helped me get on with um, another doctor and, and Dr. Irwin, who had one of the first sales programs ever in terms of um, teaching the skills of uh, revenue management, you know, in, in a collegiate program. So I, um, I had a grad assistantship sponsored by the Memphis Grizzlies and was, came on there to, to train 11 grad students and a, you know, a couple of undergrads in the mix, how to go out and prospect and, and do scripted conversations on the phone and, and sell tickets and get people on the escalator excited about Grizzlies basketball in an official capacity. So I was kind of the head of that training program in Memphis for the team. We were essentially an outsourced inside sales department um, for the Grizzlies before they had one internally there. Um, So that was one season. It was the last time the Grizzlies didn't make the playoffs for like eight years running, um, but had a lot of fun with that. Um, Ended up segueing into sponsorship. So had a lot of, good you know ticketing opportunities around this but wanted to get into sponsorship um which is where I ended up in DC um cup of coffee with the Redskins uh helped put on a Super Bowl and player appearances around that with NFL players um put on um the first uh, AT&T Nations football classic at historic RFK Stadium um which was an experience to see the HBCU um environment Howard and Morehouse um well super fast tracking a global MBA, and did some pretty fun things with that. And uh, a Dominican baseball ops and scouting trip where my love for the pirates came back into, into fruition. I got to evaluate them versus the Yankees and, you know, about eight or 10 other teams that we visited in the Dominican, um, which was fun as part of my, my GW MBA program. Nice. So um, a lot was going on there. Um, you know, was looking at some jobs after the fact I had to move home you know and and start saving some money um private school's not cheap after all um but was looking at opportunities in new york um and the east coast had a good one in in pittsburgh that i was i was looking at as well and got an offer um from a hockey team out west in salt lake um and ended up you know taking my the offer to be with uh um The Maverick Center, um, an AEG arena and ECHL hockey in the Utah Grizzlies. So kind of went from major league side to hockey out in Utah and and the differences of, you know, marketing and selling um, those products comparatively. So came out, did some things, had a lot of fun, um, you know, creating sponsorships and managing that and doing some innovative things tied to partnerships there before getting on at Real Salt Lake. Major League Soccer, USL, first league of the or first year of the Monarchs, um, and that was a group that was top five despite the smallest market and in, in numbers as far as partnerships go. Um, so had that kind of major league, you know, big deal experience um, before getting involved with Track.
1: So, like, how did you come about? Like, you know, you're you're kind of in the team side, Major League, Minor League, um, like what kind of drove you to go out on your own i mean that's it's risky and a a lot of people you know they like that comfort of you know working for someone else and having that paycheck so how did you kind of come about that decision
2: that's a great that's a great question andrew so my grad school experience you know really started opening my eyes to ancillary opportunities what's happening globally from a business perspective Best practices, really kind of paying attention to who 's using what, how it 's working, how do we get the metrics involved and you know from the team side, you know you, you, there isn't really a lot of security there ultimately i mean there's always greener pastures and a new job and, and earning potential, and everyone 's trying to rise up the ladder and I was definitely on that ladder for a while, um, but you know I saw some some big gaps in terms of some needs that could get served by technology specifically. Um, you know, traditionally, sports has very much been a 1980s-minded business environment. Um, and it's, and I know, Andrew, you spent a lot of time in it. You've seen it. This is probably not news to you, but I saw there is definitely some means to help the industry evolve and help the people involved um, benefit, right, personally, career-wise, certainly to benefit their organization and your sponsors as, as a result of that, too. So not easy to to step out and start something, and I was you know the lead guy first first man in the ring to grow something from the ground up, um, which was definitely a paycheck sacrifice for a long time, um, but you know ended up helping grow something into you know one of the best practices in the space right now, so not easy um, you know definitely some sacrifices along the way, but if you believe in yourself and you believe in you know, the product that you've got, um, you know, you can go out and make some things happen. So I just want to let people know there's, there's more to life outside the team side. And there's plenty of other opportunities, you know, that came out for me entrepreneurially, the wheel started turning in grad school as to how I could add some value and 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 kind of grab some ownership along the way. Um, so, you know, it, it it was, it's been quite the experience since
1: I think, you know, anytime you're, you know, launching a good business, it's about solving a problem, right? So what's the problem? And like you said, a lot of teams are, you know, operating, you know, <laughs> pre-internet almost like, you know, the tech side is is lagging in a lot of organizations. You are starting to see a lot of them coming around and, you know, there's some some great leaders out there on the tech side, but there's still quite a bit that are way behind the times. So, you know, solving a problem is crucial. When you were putting this together, your co-founder, how many um, partners, you know, or co-founders are there? Is it just you yeah, Absolutely. And
2: else? Yeah, absolutely. So I was technically the fourth co-founder on board with this and it was pitched to me actually while I was pitching major league soccer. And um, the CEO, Cameron Oliver actually said, hey, listen, we've got something cool we think going. I've got some wireframes. We've got a couple beta customers, a couple universities kind of low key underneath the radar as well as the Utah Jazz. So this was something that I saw like, wow, hold on. Let's, let's see. Let me, let me think about this for a second. So I could actually spend less time servicing accounts and deliver a much better experience, not only internally but externally for partners who are starved for this kind of digital experience today. So that was what was in my mind as kind of the the fourth man up, but the first man in the trenches to go out and and make it happen. Um, We've since added a few teammates, but super lean team, you know, many of them, many of them moonlighting on the side to help grow this. And, you know, it just took a whole lot of knocking on doors. You know, I went back to the Memphis Grizzlies and said, Hey, listen, guys, I know this is new and different, but give it a shot. It can do great things, not only for you, your career, but also for the team and put you on the map. Grizzlies took that shot and come summer at league meetings for the NBA in Vegas, they were on stage presenting as activation group finalists of the year. So my contact was presenting her plan, which involved us as kind of that central point of operations behind it, that's um, getting you know talked about amongst all of our league peers as to how the Grizzlies can do more with a solution like track formerly sponsorship buddy behind the operations of their sponsorship department
1: so kind of walk me through what you know track is like you know who who is it you know geared towards and and just you know act like i don't know anything about it i I, I know what it is but
2: yeah, absolutely. So, Track is a project management service that's been built for our niche, specifically marketers. You know, we know sponsorships so well from all sides of the picture, but if you're in account-based marketing, generally the pains that you've got are we've got multiple people, everyone's got their own systems, we've got spreadsheets that are constantly outdated, my inbox is exploding. How do I know if I'm getting the value? I got to wait for that end-of-season recap from the team. What are the metrics? You know, so there's a lot of confusion and chaos that's really involved in that side of things. And we thought that there's a means to simplify it by introducing cloud-based technology that's based specifically on the pains and processes of folks, you know, in the trenches in the sports and entertainment industry and beyond, um, of which can help them do their job better, become heroes in the process. And really kind of spread their wings. And by the way, um, client collaboration is part of it as well. So your clients now have on demand access to what's happening and when they can play a role in uploading and seeing the results side of it as well. So that was kind of the secret sauce that we had um, a vision for, you know, as a staff of of two and a half in the college space. I saw, you know, despite a, a bigger head count in the pro space, the same pains of like oh my gosh how do we get all on the same page and justify things and go from reactive to proactive so that's that's kind of the crux of it
1: so i mean it's good for you know your partnership marketing team i've taken it so to kind of go over you know tracking fulfillment tracking you know return you know all those metrics
2: yeah absolutely so Basically, um, depending on your own use case, right? We work with brands, agencies, rights holders, leagues, consultants. You know, based on your own needs and your own processes, we've de- we've kind of created a system to handle all those needs in one place. Certainly, partnership marketing side focused in terms of current deals in play, but we'll play into the pre-sales process a bit. Um, we'll also play into the the back end of all right, now it's time to go and justify all the work we, we've done here, you know, and, and the pandemic, you know, as as crazy as it's been for everybody in the space, you know, has really emphasized the need for remote collaboration solutions um, and cloud-based. Anything cloud-based is as hot as can be right now, and there's there's reason for that, right? It's We're all kind of working in our own silos and isolated and you know, collaboration is really, really key for innovation and in progress. Um, And a lot of studies have shown that. So that's kind of what we do.
1: Yeah. And I I would think, yeah, being cloud-based is, you almost have to be at this, at this level. and, And especially now with everyone being so scattered out, but I mean, you have agencies in different cities, you have rights holders, different places. So, um, you know, I definitely see that being, uh, a must. How has COVID affected your business?
2: Absolutely. It's a great question. So, you know, we are on the forward side of history, right? In that we've had these conversations with folks out there and they knew the importance of going digital, um, but it also wasn't the highest thing on their list, right? It's, it's really hard to bring change for folks. Um, But, you know, despite being on the forward side of history and having a digital operation solution, which we know is so valuable based on the clients that are in there and the experiences that they're having right now, no one's got budget, right? No live events. I mean, we've got all the time in the world to plan and train, which has been amazing, right? So that back-end training aspect and having devoted attention, which is super hard in the space that we're playing in, knowing like the small windows you typically get, has been a plus, but like everybody else, right? Without play returning, you know, without sponsors that can get in front of fans, you know, with their message, it's super hard for us, you know, as well. But um, we, we're we trying to be as flexible as possible to meet the needs of the folks out there that are doing this, and certainly the budgets and scenarios. And, you know, the benefit is when you have a dynamic solution like Track, we can help account for everything and justify the work that's getting done and the people that are doing it. It's kind of like a sponsorship insurance mechanism um, of which, you know, when that brand says, Hey, listen, my business is getting killed right now. Why should I renew? Well, it's never been this easy. If you have a track subscription to say, well, here's everything we did together. Here's the results. By the way, um, we know your objectives. We know we, we can hit on them and can justify it.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's huge. Would you say that um, you are you more heavy on like a certain segment as far as like you know a team or or property side or agency, or like what's your your kind of go to as far as customer wise?
2: Absolutely. So starting out of the gates, just knowing my background and how immersed I had been consulting with teams, working for teams, knowing the people and the processes in the space. We really, you know, have had a lot of success with with teams. I think we've got clients in over 12 different leagues in North America right now and, and a growing list, ever growing all the time. So, you know, we know the effect of this as a management platform for them. What's really exciting for us is the clients. So once they introduce clients in the system, clients say, holy cow, how can I get that in my hands? Right. It's a hard thing to market. You know, we spent a lot of time marketing it. It's not an easy message, but once the clients get it in their hands and see how much time they can save, can feel like extra headcount, you know, and that they can hold their properties more accountable, it's super exciting for them to say, hey, we've got a streamlined system now that can make me the hero for my CMO or CFO who doesn't know sponsorship and all the pieces and in play, but certainly will will look positively upon me for justifying everything that we're doing and being able to, to compare everything in one place.
1: I mean, I, so I definitely a lot think of it's property, good.
2: Just, just gonna say a lot of property success with it, but we're, we're more excited about, you know, certainly the, the the brand folks out there, the agency folks that could use a leg up because they've got a lot of the
0: same pains too. In a world where people are more aware and plugged in than ever, it's not enough to just have a great product. Consumers are looking for brands they can relate to. That's where Egghead Creative comes in. Everything they do is powered by deepening the connection with your brand. And every time you do business with them, they'll build a bespoke team of highly specialized creatives designed specifically around what you need. For more information visit eggheadcreativestudio.com that's e g g h e a d creativestudio.com or follow them on Instagram at eggheadcreativestudio. Now back to the show. Well, I mean I think
1: the the big thing is it's obviously there's a cost to it but really it's it's a savings the way I look at it because now I'm going to be more efficient if I'm on the 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 property side um, you know, I'm going to make sure that you know my my partner, the brand, knows exactly what you know what got fulfilled when the all the metrics there. It's one place that everybody goes to, um, even with different departments, different locations. So, I mean, it's it is such a a, a great way to kind of keep it organized too.
2: Yeah, absolutely, no, you're you're spot on, Andrew, in your assessment. Right? It's so hard to invest in general right we know how slim pockets are you know there's not a lot of cash that that can get devoted to business practices and we've been there and we've done it but when you have the justification to say hey we're going to invest in our people we're going to invest in our processes you you wouldn't believe the results that you get by being you know one of the favorite teams for people to work at you know if people don't leave and you have the processes that are going to put you out above your peers and you're going to get recognized for that you know but then what we add is an extra degree of bandwidth that's going to feel like wow we've got a couple extra employees on board you know it, there's just a, an effect that that age-old notion of throwing bodies at problems you can't compete with software now uh in that sense right i mean there's always work that bodies can do but just the transparent effect that software that's kind of catered toward these needs can have um, it's really a lifesaver for those looking to be efficient and effective, um, in their, in their business practices.
1: So what have you guys been doing now, you know, during COVID? I mean, I know you said it's tough cause you know, obviously, you know, no live events and, and things like that, but, um, are you guys still out kind of pounding the pavement or, um, where, where are you guys focused?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, it's a lot of client service. It's a lot of training. We're developing new features and new feature sets based on feedback from our customers and stuff that they need all the time, constantly rolling stuff out that way. Um, for us, it's been a lot on the marketing side. It's creating content that will engage and say, why is it time to replace those spreadsheets? Why is it time to replace that messy shared drive that you have? You know, so case studies and videos that really kind of help emphasize all these great testimonials that we have of folks that can say, hey, listen, I can't go back to spreadsheets now. So it's a lot of it is the content creation, the marketing side, certainly being there for people just like you are, Andrew. I mean, it's so important for us to kind of give back. If you've got something, we've all kind of you know taking something along the way and definitely put our sweat in you know more than than anything right but it's the folks out there that that were working really hard and and just had to get put off you want to be there for them and let them know that hey you know if you need help with your resume if you need an intro here or there just know that you know you aced our system you're going to come in into an advantage um you know so kind of giving back to folks is also i think really key and you know, for conversations, if budget isn't here right now and there's nothing we can flexibly do to get you in the door to build and get stronger with technology, you know, maybe next time, you know, maybe when things get a little bit better. So really just being there for people in the community, um, I think is just super important. But we have had a few wins. Uh, We had a Broncos deal come through. They uh, were one of the few groups that were not on a freeze. Um, We had a super quick turnaround. Before the season to implement with them and get their partners in and build an integration uh, to their CRM. And that went just swimmingly well. I mean, we've got one of their clients as a result who had thought about this and this is the icing on the cake
0: nice. for them.
2: Um, so, you know, little victories, right. And you, you got to think positively, I think about things. And a lot of people have it worse than we do. So, you know, whatever you can do to kind of give back and, and stress the positive and, Um, I think it'll, it'll come around. It'll come back around. So I think karma tends to work.
1: What CRMs do you guys work with or can the system work? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So our system is a light CRM by nature. We're project management based, which is different fundamentally than your typical CRMs. So, um, it gives us kind of the dynamic nature of being able to kind of house all the work and the creative and everything like that. Um, as far as other CRMs go, so we have um, a partnership with SSB, um, and we can plug into their, their CRM discovery or their data warehouse to pull information in um, and can send information back that way as well. We've also got a Dynamics, Microsoft Dynamics integration built. So if someone has a Dynamics CRM environment, be it Salesforce or any of the other ones, um, we can we can potentially pull that in. Uh, or access it from a different warehouse if you got your own warehouse as well. So it's it's kind of um, an, an open-ended API situation where if you have systems and data, maybe it's a valuation tool like a Zoom or a BlinkFire or a GumGum um, or some other thing that's going to be super helpful to getting everything in one place, which is our big push. Um, we've got the, the drive and the
0: Notion. I think I lost your audio.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we, we integrate with um, SSB, great partner of ours. Um, they've got their discovery product as well as their warehouse. Um, great partnership together for Sponsorship Central there. We also have an integration built for uh, Microsoft Dynamics. So be it Salesforce or another CRM product that you might have there, we can pull data from that. And the cool thing with an open API is, if you got other systems that are super beneficial for your team, be it like a valuation service, like a Zoom or a GumGum or a BlinkFire, um, that's data that we can pull in to help tell the full story of how your account or partnership is fared. Um, in one place.
1: No, I think that's, I think that's great. Especially with just, there's so much information out there and to try to get it, you know, working together or, or collectively is, uh, is great. So tell me about Duke. I see all this Duke stuff in your background here. What's the, what's the connection there?
2: So I get this one a lot and I really have to move this one because I truly have a love-hate relationship with Duke. My dad (laughs) went to UVA. I thought I was going to go to UVA growing up, but my high school basketball team was very Duke-centric. So I went out and went to basketball camp twice for two years running there. So right before the L1 championship and right after it. And they had, you know, all the who's who's of that, that, era you know jay williams of the world dunleavy boozer battier coach k all in the mix pretty cool experience still kind of hate duke so bear with me (laughs) here i know it looks like it might not be the case but um you know i'm all big blue on the michigan side and excited about big 10 returning to play here and hope that this might be our year against osu you know we owe them a few i've
1: I thought you were a big Buckeye fan from the looks of it, but I, I know, guess. right. It's, Have you been to a game, uh, Ohio state, Michigan game?
2: I've, I've done it. I've done it, Andrew. So I've been really? on the field for, them. um, you know, and I've been right in the heat of heat of battle and the arguments in the tunnels and it's pretty nice. intense. I haven't been down to the shoe in Columbus. They, you know, I've, I've seen it in the off season, but yeah. There's, there's nothing like a Michigan game. And actually when we moved from Minnesota uh, and I was in seventh or eighth grade, my first game at the big house was Michigan, Ohio state, 97 leading up to our championship game. And it was the legendary Woodson versus David Boston game um, freezing cold. We had like maybe a four inch space to sit in just cause they packed so many people in the house, but probably one of the best games I've ever been to and I think it was you know one versus they were top 10 for sure and just a, a legendary battle of sorts
1: that's one that's one matchup I'd like to go see I've been to the horseshoe a handful of times and my I was trying to tell my son he's 16 he, I've, I've never taken him to a college game I guess or at least a big college game and I'm like it's so different when he was younger we lived in Canton Ohio so we would go to a Cleveland Browns games and that, to be honest, the atmosphere sucked. I mean, it was it was really boring. And then we would go yeah. to Steelers games because we're, you know, less than two hours away or whatever there. And so you see the difference between those two. And then I was trying to explain to him, okay, well, take the the Steelers, and we've been to like, you know, Patriots, Steelers, Sunday night football, whatever. I said, then you go to a big-time college game, and it's just it's totally different. And so I think I'm gonna get them out there. Hopefully. You know maybe next season when things open back up a little bit
2: the big house is an experience for sure it's not as loud as you would think for being 110 115,000 people just based on the acoustics but just the whole experience tailgating you know i've kind of sent it all there it holds a special place in my heart i mean there's going to be other tailgates like it you can't go wrong going to the sec and You know, um, even out my way in in Utah, the the youths do a good job of really kind of getting after it and giving a good atmosphere here. But yeah, that's the special thing about college is just that environment. You know, there's sure there's tailgating in the NFL and it's fun, but there's nothing like, there's really nothing like it. The bands, you know, the whole experience there, it's, it's pretty top notch. Do you guys
1: work with colleges too in your um, program?
2: Okay. Absolutely. So we've got one and a fun story to talk about And the Dayton Flyers used us right before this legendary run that got broken up by the pandemic, where they finished, I think, number three in the country right now. So, you know, the pains are there. I mean, the bureaucracy of of working with a university and athletic program or an MMR, you know, think about the needs for collaboration and streamlined solutions there. I mean, um, it's it's a harder nut to crack into um but we've had some some tremendous results in working uh with college clients like dayton who just could accomplish so much more and just dig in have better relationships and you know show them that hey we're checking off our boxes and doing everything for you and it's it's well worth it so college is definitely a fun a fun area for us to kind of dip, dip into yeah and I,
1: i'll talk to you offline too because i'm i'm Looking at picking up some more consulting and it just dawned on me this could be a good platform to potentially look at to manage the different properties that we're going to be selling for just to make sure we don't drop the ball.
0: Uh, there's
2: a big disruption that's happening in the college space right now i mean along with the pro space right i mean i feel super bad for our minor league folks out there that you know don't have the digital wherewithal or the streaming deal or the the rights deal but you know there's going to be a need for solutions right there's going to be a need for not only talent but solutions to help you do more so and there's a lot of schools that are coming up on deals saying hey can we do this in house?" Or do we lean on some experts or some some tools that can help us do more because, you know, we all want to see college athletics come back to where it was. Um, You know, I think it gives everybody opportunities to shine uh, and, and do some amazing things. And, you know, if we don't have that, I think we're going to lose a whole lot of the of the, you know, things we love about college in general in terms of athletics.
1: I mean, how do you think, you know, this whole COVID thing will affect you guys moving forward, like, you know, into next year, have you guys made other adjustments or has it kind of worked out okay because you are cloud-based and you're going to, you know, keep, keep kind of on the same path.
2: Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, we have not taken any outside funding for five years. It's been a model of, of discipline, right. And just, just, we think we're going to grit through it. I think we're going to be in position to tell a growth story, which I think is pretty incredible, uh, potentially here. We've actually gotten a few a few verbals in the door. I won't mention them, but you brought up uh, one of them, not to let the cat out of the bag. But, um, you know, what we're going to position ourselves um, to help, you know, as many folks that are open to being helped as possible, um, you know, and provide some configurable workflow solutions and just grounds just to do more and have some quality of life which we know is super important for all of us so um excited about the future not sure you know what the three or five might look like from here but um you know we'll be here and you know we we get pretty amped into being a team extension um for the folks that we work with and just adding some best practices and techniques and, um, and some language and things that are working for others. Um, again, it's kind of that best practice mentality of sharing what you've got, collaborating together, um, being inclusive, bringing other people into the fold. Um, so we, we get up on uh, you know creating those new hero stories.
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's, uh, that's great. And you're good with, I mean, pretty much small to large size organizations.
2: Honestly, we can, we can get you in the door almost at any budget level. So we have the little guy at heart. We were, you know, many of us started as working for the little guys. So we're not, we're never gonna be at a point where we're gonna say, no, you're not big enough to, to work with us, right? We think we've got a package or solution um, for everybody that wants to play in the space and do it at a much higher level.
1: Well, Charles, I want to thank you for joining me, man. It's been good chatting with you some more, Um, you know, seeing your Duke stuff back there in Michigan, even though I like Ohio State. But um, I don't have anything on my walls, though. I just have – I don't even know what the hell those are behind me. But they look kind (laughs) of cool, so I left them here. (laughs) I like it, Andrew.
2: It adds a little flair, a little little Florida flair here.
1: Yeah, that's what we got to do. Well, let's keep in touch and uh, it was great having you.
2: Hey, thank you for doing what you're doing. I hope, you know, people keep benefiting from it. You got to keep giving back and I really appreciate it. So, kudos to you um and good luck with everything closing out 2020.
0: Hey podcast fans, thanks for listening to today's episode of the Andrew Hain show. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out to Andrew on LinkedIn.